Coming up on another mini episode of the Front Page Football Podcast, I'll be joined by Matt Olsen as we reacted to Brisbane Roar's 2-1 defeat at home to the Central Coast Mariners and then, as usual on this podcast, looking ahead to the rest of the weekend. So yeah, that's really it. I'm your host, Christian Marchetti, and we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to another mini episode of the Front Page Football Podcast. And tonight, the dynamic duo is back. I'm pretty sure I've used the term dynamic duo, uh, the phrase dynamic duo before. Um, Maybe it was when me and Cody were on before. So that's actually a discredit to you, Matt, that I'm using the same phrase. What I would say is that it's maybe more the originals, the original duo from the the first minis that we did. Um, And it is me uh, and Matt Olsen on this mini tonight talking about... Brisbane Raw losing at home to the Central Coast Mariners 2-1. That's three consecutive defeats for the Raw. Um, and the Mariners, I guess, keep uh, keep tracking along. Um, kind of an important win for them after after not the best uh, performances in recent weeks as well. So, um, Matt, uh, thanks for joining me uh, on on the mini. You're back on on the mini. And, uh, yeah, your your initial thoughts to uh, to that game. So when I, when I realized it was going to be the two of us um, earlier this afternoon, I got really psyched. And I was like, yeah, Christian and I shooting the breeze. It's just, it's, it's, it's absolute joy. And then I remembered Brisbane. It's Brisbane again. Can we stop talking about this football team? Like literally. So, like, so I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Friday night? I don't know who does the scheduling at the APL and stuff, but they, they've somehow like, they, they've somehow foreseen that we were doing mini podcasts on a Friday night and they and they've made me watch Brisbane three weeks in a row now as well by the way just 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 as a just as some extra info for the listeners I've watched this dull blunt football team for three weeks in a row and it it saps so much energy out of you and I I mean that with so much respect um you know because I understand that they're you know they've signed some players and they're still kind of in a you know I guess a mini transitional period with that kind of process but I mean, boy, um, they, you know, I'll give them credit. They were, they were actually the better team last week against Adelaide and probably deserved something out of that game and, and were hard done by, by the referees. But I did watch them, uh, which me and Cody did the mini a couple weeks ago to their Newcastle defeat, the 4-0 defeat. Uh, and that was fresh in the memory as well, watching this game. And it was just kind of like, man, um, the amount of, the, the lack of cohesion in the final third is, is really worrying at this stage of the season. And, and now you're telling me that They've got to get this Serbian striker up to speed, um, you know, and they've got to kind of build relationships there. I mean, there's, there's, I'm start, I'm really struggling to see how this team is going to be really up and running from an attacking standpoint, firing, you know, on all cylinders to make the six and and perform well in the back half of the season, uh, and and add to that, okay, maybe they're hard done by with that second goal, um, with the um with the with the decision um of course for the for the penalty but you know defensively they they haven't been as as good as they were at the start of the season either uh of late which is which is you know not good for Warren Moon either and dare I say I think Warren Moon is is starting to cop probably a bit of heat from Brisbane fans as well um you know I haven't seen 
necessarily get the reaction on social media from Raw fans. But I know seeing in, in a couple of, you know, Facebook groups and stuff in recent weeks that, you know, some of his uh, game management probably is coming under is coming under heavy scrutiny. And yeah, I don't know. I, I could kind of see that tonight. Um, and before I let you go, Matt, uh, and, and you can kind of give, give a bit of a spill yourself, I'll just say that the, the substitutions are kind of baffling. I, I don't really know what the idea was uh with that triple change that was made with with akbari and and noah smith and joe knowles and they were kind of like for like changes um when maybe it was just better to to switch up formation and just just try something different um i just think for for moon at this point with how blunt they've been offensively it might just be time to start you know throwing shit at the wall and seeing if it sticks if you know what i mean um but I don't know. I'm I'm coming from a place, of course, where I've watched this team for three weeks in a row. Um, you know, and, and we are just talking about the game tonight. So I'll let you, you know, I guess give 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 more of your thoughts to to what you saw. I mean, uh, look, let's not beat around the bush. They're they're blunt and they're as uninspiring as they were back in October, and and their story has gone on and on and on in in a way that I think we've had many contra- contrasting yeah. emotions on. Um, in the time that we've been covering this team, kind of almost feels like this is a Brisbane Raw show. But look, let me let me just say this from from. <laughs> I tried that one to laugh there. But that was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me say this from the from the outset, right? Okay. I I I have many thoughts on this team. In that, of course, they're dire. Of course, they're not fun. Of course, there's a lot missing. Of course, there's a lot that needs to be fixed. Of course, you have your you know reshaping things and getting new signings in in what whatever round it is now. Round you know. Basically, past the midway point of the season, 15, 16, whatever we're at. I should know off the top of my head. Uh, Matt, match day 16. Match day 16. Thank you. Round 16. Yep. So, um, to, to get to the crux of this, right? The, the thing the thing that I will always say and have said, and is the reason why I kind of flipped on this team and thought they were really good for all of about two minutes. Um, Gave them a B in the midseason yes. review. Just I, yes. I just want to always remind you of that whenever we, uh, whenever we uh, see a performance from the Royal like that. Anyway. Do you remember why? Christian. And don't don't answer that. It's a rhetorical question, okay? The game that they played tonight was still the sort of thing that they want to implement and have implemented to success, all right? And I know that sounds really stupid and it sounds really daft because the Mariners sort of killed them in many ways tonight, but that game was looking like a dire 1-1 draw and maybe one with an arguably exciting finish seeing the Mariners try and shift things around in, in the forward line to try and get that second goal, right? That was the Raw doing what they expect to do. Um, and no, it's not exciting and no, it's not pretty. But if we leave this game with a 1-1 draw, you almost leave it sort of respecting Brisbane's performance. And you said it yourself. This, the second goal was underserved. It was completely underserved. The VAR was was completely farcical in, in giving that penalty. I just have to be honest. So there's a lot of elements going on in that respect, right? But I'm just, I'm so sick to death. Of of this conversation around Brisbane because we've been doing it for we've been doing it for sixteen weeks straight. Really in, all, in all seriousness, go go and have a listen. Uh, we're happy if you want to click off this pod right now and just go have a quick listen to our reaction to Brisbane's two uh, 0 defeat to uh, Melbourne City at the start of the season. I think it was the second I think mini. It was round two. I think yeah, it mini was two. Round two. Mini two. Um, and that was obviously the the Charlie Austin All Access uh, week as well. Um, but yeah, go over listen to that, and I'm pretty sure you can probably you know copy and paste some of the conversation that was in that into here, and it wouldn't be that uh, that different. Um, yeah. So you mentioned the VAR decision there. Um, so definitely, clearly not a penalty for you. Hundred percent, no pen. 
To quote Marcus Babel, you have two eyes, huh? Do you understand the game a bit? Uh, um, okay, so so it's pretty clear where you where you stand on it. Um, I was I was trying to I had to to be fair I would just say this I had to watch it back like a few times. There was like a few replays. I'm kind of like, is there? Is there? But I guess that's kind of the point around. I mean, I don't know. Maybe then if 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 you're saying that if I'm doing that, then I would say okay, maybe it's not clear and obvious but then yeah it's hard is there really that, christian stop is there really a debate here are you, are you being serious no no so what, what what i'm saying is they awarded the penalty initially right so the problem with the problem with the clear and obvious thing is that what happens i think is they it's like the original decision is a penalty so it, it's only clear and obvious to undo the penalty if you know what i'm saying so because the original decision was a penalty and that the replay is inconclusive they're like oh sure. well we just have to give it a penalty and okay. and that's so so i'm kind of agreeing with you now in a way where i'm saying that the the it's not so much i'm actually more having a go here at the at the parameters and and the way var really works as opposed to as opposed to maybe uh this particular decision although to be honest um that that kind of goes hand in hand so yeah yeah, I, I mean, again, so if you're if you're to actually have that conversation about what's what's clear and obvious, the the thing is, it's just such a such a doubtful situation that the the, the clarity and and any sort of interpretation of it from a referee's perspective, I just sort of fail to understand because because yeah, okay, there there has to have been a really silly mistake made, but what what's to say that one wasn't made? I mean, it was an incredibly 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 soft penalty. Maybe mm. one that that it, ha, I mean, had it happened in any other part of the pitch, it's just uh, you know a, a, a regular a regulatory foul, a free kick that's given away in a few seconds, and we move on with the game. There's no no problem with that. But in the box, this this conversation becomes a lot becomes a lot worse, and and things on replays, in retrospect, always look worse. And I think that's the thing that that you have to understand about VAR that's always going to drive everyone crazy, right? Is mm. things like this are made to look worse. And they also come down to interpretation as well, which means a decision like this is just always going to be seen as, as contentious no matter what. But yeah. like this case, I just I, I just don't understand how there wasn't enough to overrule, right? Mm. Um, obviously, they get the green light and it's called upheld. But for what reason? There, there needs to be more clarification. But this is, what this. I'm, this is what I'm kind of saying. What I'm saying is they're looking at it and they're like, well, because we have to watch five, six replays of it, it's not it's not obvious to us to to overturn it. Do, do you kind of understand what I'm saying? Where which is which is stupid. Which is it, like it that's is that's yeah. yeah yeah. So because 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 of the doubt, and I mean you know if I were to think of other sports like rugby league, for example, um, and rugby union, when when a try is sort of right on the line, they have a benefit of the doubt rule where they where they go and call. Sorry, a do I have to well? interject and and introduce like a our own version of the no Sharon rule in, in this podcast, or is that... No, sorry, no Sharon rule. Not not Sharon, mate, but Queens, like no... Queenslander, what? Queenslander, I'm talking about the footy, mate. <laughs> to be fair, we might actually have a few Queenslanders listening to this, so, you know, yeah. that's a decent point. Yeah, yeah, but, um, but I mean, like, it's, they have the benefit of the doubt rule in those yeah. sports because interpretation and replays always sort of put things out of whack, right? Mm -hmm. And there's no reason why football can't implement a similar type of system. And I know look, this is this is not the solution and this is pretty stupid, but I just I just want to float this idea, right? I remember when VAR first started, and in fact even before it had started and it was still a talking point, I remember someone on Fox Sports, and really for the life of me, I feel like it was like 
Ned's Rillage or someone like that. But basically, someone said, "What the hell happened to Ned's Rillage?" Anyway, sorry. I think he became like uh, a Zellich. Zellich, sorry. Zellich. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> David's Rillage. Yeah, yeah. David's <laughs> Rillage. Yeah. Goodness me, that was. Ugh. Um. <laughs> Ap- apologies to David and Ned. Yeah. If, of course, if for of course. whatever reason you decided to listen to this mini reaction to Prisman and Central Coast, <laughs> but um, I I want to say it was one of those sort of um like sort of occasional sort of Fox Sports hosts yeah. that were that weren't around much. And one of them actually suggested almost having like a, a fifth official that stands behind the goal for these types of things, which... Yeah, I remember this as well. In, I don't know who. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. yeah, in practicality, it's stupid, but it was sort of worth talking about, right? Mm. Because, because we understood that no matter what was implemented in helping improve the officiating... Of, of soccer as a sport, there was always going to be deep flaws and, and flaws that were really going to, uh, you know, grind people's gears, right? But um, the point that I'm kind of making here is that that kind of officiating would still be down to discretion, right? It would still be down to interpretation and nothing nothing is going to be perfect. So that always plays a part in decisions like this. But I think what really annoys fans is that where we implement that interpretation, we implement the replays, we imp- implement all the things that are, are quite negative, and we implement it in in a league where, you know, the referees still aren't of the highest standard, mm. and all of those decisions are always going to be made to be even worse than, than what they seem. So no matter what solution we find, no matter how we try and float it and fix it, no, it's just it's just never going to work. And a night like tonight feels feels you know particularly particularly bad because we wanted to see the Mariners win the game 2-1 with a fighting chance. We wanted to see the likes of Silvera and Cummings and all these guys sort of step up for their team when they needed to be. We want to see that from a team like the Mariners because they've been doing it all season, because they can grind out a result. And the fact that we sort of leave this game going, okay, they won. And statistically, look, they definitely probably deserved to win the game, right? Mm. But it just they're salt in the mouth with this, and it, and it leaves you annoyed not just because of the lackluster football and the mediocre football we saw from from brisbane but also everything i think else that's putting it nicely that. anyway <laughs> yeah, well all right well fair enough but the the, the point is like we, we christian how, how long have we been doing the show tonight we have not even mentioned the mariners yet right we've not even spoken about the mariners. No, sorry before we get to that i just want to mention one thing so i guess what i was saying my point of view on the on the var thing was had they not actually given that in the first place um, mm. That would never even got looked at on the mm. thing, and that's mm-hmm. and that's kind of what we're getting at. Yeah, yeah, um, that 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 is spot on. Now, spot I on, right? Should, yeah, should yeah. have made that point. I probably yeah. should have no, made and that I'm not, I'm not, but... I'm not, I'm not trying to come across as you know, uh, I'm hitting nail on the head here, like really well. But I just think that's kind of where I'm seeing it. You know, like it's it's just the the it's like this pendulum of you know, like it's it's. Uh, what it's like based on whatever the original decision is so much, which which I understand, but maybe and I kind of suggest this when VAR first came out, which and I didn't really under, I never really understood the clear and obvious thing when it first came out, even though some people were pretty like, you know, they, they could kind of see it, like, yeah, you know, you don't want the 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 video assistant dictating the game. But I, I guess my thing was more you know, why can't it just be review things for what they are, you know, and, and just kind of make a decision from there. But, you know, I, as you're saying, I want to talk about the Mariners, I want to talk about something else um, and, and not uh, have this, you know, solely uh, <laughs> uh, lying with, uh, with, with referee stuff. If I could just mention one last thing about refereeing, I don't think Jonathan Barrera handled the game very well at all. Uh, if I can just be honest, I think he was way too trigger happy with the cards. Um, and there was actually, 
is actually, I'll, I'll plug something here. There's a really interesting piece um, from uh, Raleigh Dobson uh recently um on on keep up where she uh she does some writing for them sometimes a uh, former melbourne city uh, player in the in the dub and she was talking about like the, the type of referee that players prefer um and and she's basically saying that a trigger happy referee who although it might seem like you know they have things under control because they're kind of you know um basically not taking any shit um, it's it's not necessarily true because as you could see there, Brisbane were just getting more rolled up every single time the card was given. Um, so yeah, just uh, just one thing I wanted to add there. But uh, Matt, uh, take it away. Let's uh, steer this conversation somewhere else and uh, talk maybe about the Mariners. Well, as, as I mentioned, um, you know you want to see the Mariners grind and, and get a result, right? So the reason the reason that I've mentioned that it's bad that we're not talking about them is because they're probably the one positive to take away from the game, right? And I don't even know that they were particularly that good. It says everything about what we witnessed tonight, right? But the the one thing that that you you have to admit with the the Mariners is, and more broadly speaking, towards the way that they've played in in the twenty two twenty three campaign, is that you know you can always be guaranteed of of certain metrics and certain positive metrics that you just always like to see from this team. And there were still signs of that exhibited tonight. I maybe have viewed it more positively than you have, Christian. But just to I've see... got a positive spin on it, which I think I'll I'll, I'll mention in a moment. But yeah. I think to see sort of the um, the the sort of chance chance creation and and the um, sort of attacking football from the likes of Sammy Silvera. I know I've already mentioned it on one of these pods, but his his career revival has been a really important spark at exactly the right time for what that team needs. And um, you know, Jason Cummings as as a number nine for him to for him to be able to drop back as far as he does and still be that really effective and polished striker it's exactly what you need yeah i've got a take um, on him as well but yeah yeah, yeah. benny and kololo um stepped up when was needed or what, what did what did danny mcbreen call him nakoko <laughs> did he, he a, yeah he sorry he sorry i was again i was slowly slipping into a coma watching Brisbane. Yeah, so no, 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 i, I probably right, i probably wasn't right. as intro into the commentary <laughs> um but so what, what i want to say um about the mariners though and um you know, I'm gonna use a weird. I actually am gonna do this. I'm gonna use a weird reference. So I, I watch a little bit of um a little bit of basketball in in my spare time as well. And there's kind of this this thing in 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 basketball. Um, and and people who watch the NBA maybe listening to this as well will know this. Where in close games, and when it goes to like the last three minutes and it's a close game, you kind of want your you know your your best players or your your yeah your best kind of offense offense offensive players to uh to step up and get a bucket sort of thing. And I think the Mariners. I cussed this a couple of weeks ago. I was talking about how stacked they are. And I think they've got this ability where it's like, you know, they just, they, they were 2-1 up there and they chucked on Theo Harris and he just comes on and he's just like, he's just doing stuff in an attacking sense. And it's kind of like, he can, you're like, yeah, like he might actually score here and finish this game and make it 3-1. You know what I mean? Like they, they've got guys who they can just turn to. And that's kind of what I'm getting at to use that analogy. Um, and they can just, you know, um, Cummings, so I'll talk about him now because the more I watch him, is like it's so obvious, obviously, what they want to do with him. And you mentioned there where he drops deep and stuff, but his ability to progress the ball from those areas is is second to none. So, what and what I mean by that is you see Bruno Fornaroli, and I'll use him as a comparison because Bruno Fornaroli does that very similarly. And, and you'll know this map from when he played at Perth, where he will drop deeper, but he often receives it with his back to goal. And it's if you can actually force him to stay away from the goal, it's actually not that effective. But with Cummings, he always actually seems to affect the game when he drops deeper. And it actually creates space. And it's actually, um, he's actually really good technically 
as well. Um, you know, his passing and stuff is is very good. He's he's got great awareness around him. He knows where his teammates are, where his midfielders are, things like that. So yeah, it's just something I was picking up on in the game and just thinking, you know, he's it's every time he actually he drops deep, but he's actually turning and playing forward. Um and that whole uh that whole Mariners attacking ecosystem is so reliant on that as well. Um and it's really important. And, and the other thing I wanted to mention, and another thing which was running it, because I was I was trying to assess like because i've watched them for three weeks in a row so i was trying to assess this brisbane team and just kind of go look are they really this bad yeah it's like are they are they just underperforming like what's going on is moon really getting things wrong i was just trying to do a quick kind of deep dive i guess in my head and i was looking at it, i'm just thinking you know and i'll pose this question to you if henry hall was playing for the mariners right now would he be you know with having the same impact as sam silvera because because i think i think you can make that argument seriously I think again, it, it's the point I always make. I just think that with with someone like Henry Hoare, mm. his role is defined by the fact that the team want to play a certain way because they know they're not going to be as efficient going forward, right? But and I just think that, that sucks Henry for Hall, guys like Henry Hoare. Yeah, it, it, no, it does. It yeah. does. This is exactly the point you're making. Mm. But I think for someone like Henry Hoare, I think, and you know, they're more attacking sort of flair players mm. like Carlo as well, right? Mm. They they understand that their role is very limited in scope, and they and their their whole purpose is to work within that scope to the best of their ability. Yes, there's a lot more attacking freedom at a team like the Mariners. That's sort of why they're second on the ladder, or at least have been second on the ladder for most of the season, right? Mm. So, I think you, you, the 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 sort of perspective on that is is very um, bound by context. Now, Henry Hoare, if he was playing with a different setup, no, you're right. If he was playing with a different setup, he would be a lot better. Maybe Warren Moon has not, to not ne- Sorry, and... sorry. Not necessarily maybe better, but what I mean is more output. Uh, goals more more, efe- more yeah. efficient, more yeah. effective. Yeah. And as a result of that, better on stats. Like that, mm. That's sort of where, 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 where yeah. I'm coming from. Yeah. yeah. So I think if you were to compare, and, and honestly, I was just about to bring up this point once you mentioned um, Thea Harris. Look, I, I don't know who is... who the individual is responsible for the recruitment at Mariners, right? But in Thea Harris, you've got a player who Mm. has been revived and propped up in the best way that any talent of that kind of age and experience possibly could be at the A-League level. And they're propped up in such a way that they just are there at the right time in the right way, doing everything that they need to do, both for them individually in their career and for the greater goal with with the team as well. And I think that a player like that is always going to be able to find the best version of themselves at a club with more attacking freedom or a club that, that knows what's going on rather than with someone mm. like Brisbane. But, it, you know, in, and again, I hate to be defending the roar again, but I guess I just am. You can, playing in a team like that, if you learn your scope and learn it really well, there's no reason why you can't be equally as efficient as a player. True, You've true. Just but really, got to find a way to retune that unit and work within it really well. So, <laughs> I don't know. No, no. But here's my here's my counter to that is that you're you're asking like Carla Amianto and Henry Hoare to perform a specific role when they're mm. young players who want to express themselves. Like you can like. It's different. It's different if that's Robert Mack and Joe Lolly at Sydney FC. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like yeah. these are these experienced guys who have been there, done that, and they'd be able to. Oh yeah, you want me to just do this? this? Yeah, no problem. I can do that. You know, or I can be patient and wait for my chance because I've got that clinical nature. But you know, I just th- yeah, and I worry. Like you know, Armiento. Remember, there was a three week stretch there. Well, I, I I was saying this. I'm pretty sure I tweeted something about it. And I was like, yeah, this here we go, breakout season. Yep, it's coming, Carlo. Um, and now it's like I'm pretty sure it's six six or seven weeks now that he hasn't scored. And I know, okay, 
don't overreact, but it's just kind of like, you know, maybe would he be having a breakout if he was, you know, I don't know, somewhere else? I, I don't know. I just want to remind you, he scored an absolute thunder bastard in the AFC Champions League while playing for Perth. It's not like he was he was off the map. He wasn't off the Actually, map. That, that yes, I'm true. always going to I be offended. That. I'm always going to be offended by that. So, but but look, no, you, you, you're right. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, it is the manager's responsibility to fix that scope and and make sure that younger players have that freedom and make sure that the setup works for them or at least teaches them a way to work to be more versatile, right? It's, it is pretty daft to ask that of younger players. And a point that you've made as well is that even Charlie Austin, one of the most experienced players that's ever really played in the league, at least for the last sort of five or six years, a player like that not even being able to be at his most efficient proves that there is something fundamentally wrong. True, I can but, see that. I yeah. can see that. Yeah. But you have to always understand that Brisbane always push teams to be uncomfortable. There's, and and you have to admit that the Mariners were pushed to a point where they couldn't just, just walk the raw tonight. So there's nuance to it, but there is also an, an admission that there's something fundamentally just broken with this team, and that is still Warren Moon's responsibility. So there's... there's <laughs> You know, you, there, there's no hiding. I, I just, I just, you know, we were talking off air and we we're talking about how the A-League's kind of got a little bit of its entertainment, I think, factored back a little bit from from a standpoint of games being, you know, there's more goals like last week, last weekend. I can't remember off the top of my head, but something like 20 plus goals over the weekend. It was fantastic. But I just feel like Brisbane, and I'm not going to name the other teams because I'm not talking about them, but Brisbane, there's a couple of other teams that are kind of just weighing it down a little bit because they're just... They're just so dull to watch. <laughs> um, and that's that's reality. I think, and I'll just leave it at this because because obviously, you know, I want to talk a little bit about Sydney Derby, but the 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 reality for me is that I just think he needs to Warren Moon just needs to do something different with that with that system next week. I I just don't think this five uh two three system, um, I know it's it's more of a three five two, of course, when they um oh, sorry, three four three, uh when they when they attack, but it's just uh it just seems to be kind of restricting them a little bit. Um, and I think, yeah, I think he needs to do something different. Maybe go to a back four, play a four three three one game, something like that. Um, you know, chop and change with the lineup a little bit, uh, and see what happens. The the other thing I'd say is, you know, you mentioned about Austin there when, uh, and I think it's uh, Shepovich, I want to say, uh, I think is how you pronounce it, the uh, the Serbian striker, his last name. Um, and he he was getting warmed up and he's about to come on. And I thought. You know, we're not really going to get a look, good look of him, are we? <laughs> you know, because he's, he's just not—he's just completely going to get involved. Uh, and and I'm sorry to, you know, again, uh, you know, uh, come home with the home truths like that. But it's just—it it kind of turned out like that as well. He didn't really get involved. So, um, yeah, just just a few, I guess, food for thought uh, with Brisbane. Um, but uh, have we? Do you? Do we know? Do we know what the next uh, Friday night game is in the A League? Um, am I, am uh, I dreading? While you're looking, am I dreading? Look, hang on, looking. I've got it up. I've got it up. I've okay. got it up. Uh, okay, we've got Western and Wellington. So there you go. It's actually it's actually something a little bit different for us uh, to to analyze uh, next week on the we've pod. We've still spoken about. We're still spoken about Western a bit. To be honest, but the Knicks playing on a Friday. Oh, night actually, I've just remembered. Sorry, I've just remembered. We've obviously got the uh, the MPLSA season starting that night as well. So I don't know if I will be. Uh, I will be uh, here to uh, to review that one. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, if the, if the night if, if you're if you're out doing MPLSA, I might as well go to the night series because uh, the night series. And I think and I think then we might get Cody to do a one man pod, and we'll both come in on the live reporting. Yeah, <laughs> that actually doesn't sound like the worst idea in the world. But no, um, let me just say this because uh, it was it was going to be a bit of a funny filler. But that uh, that Serbian signing for Brisbane Raw, have you heard about the time he got locked in a toilet? Yes, yes, I have. Yes. Okay, good. 
Jesus Christ. Uh, no. Can you not me, Christian? Hey, we, we only got <laughs> we only got you know we, we haven't got his perspective on it yet. So let's um <laughs> let's <laughs> let's hold out. Maybe there was maybe there was something else going on. Maybe uh, that day you got locked in a toilet. Um, but uh, anyway, um, I guess bigger picture. Uh, the raw the raw could. They could actually, and this was mentioned the broadcast. They could finish the the round bottom of the league, um, which is, I guess, an interesting um, thing to remember, and and probably is driving a lot of my thoughts on them at the moment too. Um, but let's uh, let's move on. We've got uh, we've yep. got um, yeah five other games to just touch on uh, for the rest of the weekend. So Sydney Derby tomorrow night. Um, yeah, uh, Wanderers Sydney FC, and I this. I don't know. I don't know. I'll put it to you. Who, who does this mean more to this derby? Like who? Because for Sydney FC, you know that they've been better. They've been a little bit better recently. And I just think if they could actually win this game on enemy territory, I mean that's it's it's massive. Like it's a massive statement, right? Uh, and then for the Wanderers, it will kind of be a little bit like back to square one as well when they when they have been a little bit better in in the last couple of games. Um, and you know, there's obviously some signings happening as well uh, with the new Tunisian striker too. So, um, what uh, what's your thoughts on the game? So here's a sentence I never thought I would say: Stephen Corica redemption arc. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of kind of has maybe. that vibe. I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's it's absolutely huge. If mm. Sydney FC uh, get the win, especially if it's a cagey affair and it's like a two-one or a, or a one-nil win, I mean, yeah, that that does that does a lot for the mentality of that dressing room, right? But at the same time, if the Wanderers flex on Sydney FC yet again and uh, they keep that stranglehold in the top four that they and the Mariners have pretty much held the whole season, um, yeah, I mean, you know, that that pretty much does um, does a lot to condemn Sydney FC a bit more and prop up the Wanderers um, to to the heights that they've been at. And also, look, I, I don't know if I've said this yet, um, but is it is it not kind of poetic in a way that the person that finally brings the Wanderers back to where they belong after Tony Popovich is in fact also from Western Sydney and Mark Redan? Is there something about that that just kind of makes you feel good? I, yeah. I don't know, because Mark Redan, don't get me wrong, Mark Redan, not exactly the nicest character in the world, especially depressed. But you know, like there's something that just feels good about him. I feel like if there was any club that he was really going to succeed at, he stopped caring about the Phoenix very openly. Western United became a bit of a disaster, as it is proving to to do so for for John Aloisi now. But but you know, there's just something about it being the wondrous and and the way he talks about the club more so than he's talked about the the two other clubs that he had that he had uh, stints with. You know, he just gets it. He just he just cares. And I think for for all the drosh that they had, what just came out of my mouth there for all the the dro- the dross dross. What what word am I trying to say? For all the dribble, for all the garbage that um that that they had had under foreign managers. You know, Rudin, Rudin just is is getting something with that club, and I think it's kind of poetic that he's the one to bring them back. So I'll say that, but I still think it means far more to Sydney FC if they get the win. Moving on. Um. So yeah, obviously for Sydney FC, for Sydney FC, if they win this game, um, against the Wanderers, and obviously Adelaide play before that against Western United. Um. So yeah, they're probably looking at just jumping Wellington into fifth. Uh, with with a win, um, and their goal difference doesn't really help them at the moment. The Wanderers would jump uh back up to second, um, so kind of just flipping around with the Mariners at the moment. 
uh, if they get the three points in that game. So yeah, a lot at stake, a lot at stake. Um, let's actually touch on that game I just mentioned there. So Adelaide United take on Western United and the Battle of the Uniteds um, tomorrow afternoon um, or, or this afternoon by the time this pod uh, comes up. Um, yeah, Adelaide, um, I don't... They're kind of on that... They were kind of in that group of one of the teams I was kind of talking about when I was mentioning how Brisbane are kind of dull and stuff and Adelaide are kind of in that section for me as well. Um, there's not a lot to be inspired by with them at the moment for me, but they are getting results and they are, you know, in a good position. So you can't you can't berate any of it too much, um, of course. And yeah, I think it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, for Western, you know, they're they're starting to get into desperate territory, right? Um, and and you know, you've been pretty you've been pretty adamant that that this is kind of a not not unsalvageable, but they you've written them off a of top six, right? Am I am I you know kind of correct in saying that? Yep. Yeah. So he yeah, you're kind of you're yeah you're pretty off on Western. Um. So. I mean, yeah, I and I don't know. Um, yeah, this they're they're, they're very difficult to predict uh, week to week. Um, they could very easily hold what is a at times blunt Adelaide team out and 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 you know achieve one of their uh, infamous one nil wins tomorrow uh, today. I could see that. Um, but at the at the same at the same time, you know, maybe Adelaide are primed for a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a better run of form now. Um, you know that they. they weren't the best against Brisbane last week, but they did get the win. So um you gotta hand that to them. Um and uh yeah, Matt, your I guess your your overall thoughts on this game. Yeah, a good a good friend of mine likes to ask my, for my tips every Friday afternoon and I make sure that I get get to him um in due course before the Friday night fixture. And I instinctively said Western one nil, but I'm stuck and my reasoning for that was it's mm. going to be a boring game. And it'll just sort of be vintage sort of one-year Western uh, that they pulled off so famously last season. But the more I think about it, the more I remember, wait, Western have been rubbish. So I'm thinking it is in the territory of a drab sort of draw. You can you can definitely preview this one for us. Um, probably Macedonia Park's biggest test yet um, with Perth Glory taking on Melbourne City. Rado Vitisic is now permanent um, as, as head coach, which I think um, is a... Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a fine decision. I don't think there's any real qualms about that, to be honest. Um, how do you read this from a Perth perspective? Because um, I guess everyone kind of keeps waiting for the 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 defeat at Macedonia Park, but it, it doesn't seem to be coming. Um, and you know, I I could see them being very competitive in this game, to be honest, as well. Yeah, um, let me just start by saying that uh, I personally am excited to pick Rado's brain. Melbourne City are a machine that really cannot be broken, and they've proved that time and time again wherever they go. This, and I know, I know, I'm just going to repeat what I said in the mid-season pod, but the D Day, the D Day still hasn't come right. We we don't know what Perth will be come the end of the season, and we still are yet to find out. But but there's, there there are checkpoints though. Like if uh, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Well, well, it's annoying that sort of the trip to New Zealand was supposed to be the D Day, so they could show some away form, and it just sort of turned out to be a draw, and there wasn't wasn't a lot to take about it, even though there was grindy moments and there was mistakes, there was a bit of everything. So mm. the verdict was still out. More, more to the point, this is maybe arguably a bigger test than the away fixtures for the simple fact that City are indestructible, but so is Macedonia Park. So who wins out? It's it's a really really fascinating game, and I know you know. In all over Australasia, it is going to be very, very late at night and people will be doing God knows what on a Saturday night. But please, I implore you to watch this 
because the narratives that come out of it, regardless of the result, will be will be really, really significant. Will Rado finally sort of prove his medal as the city manager, or will Perth Glory prove supreme yet again? So in that respect, it's a huge game, but I'm obviously biased and I'm going to think that every Perth game is huge, <laughs> regardless um, of of the context, I'm, I'm I'm going to tip City. I'm just going to be honest. Um, mm. Mass, Fortress Fortress Masso is you know it has to sort of be broken. It would be kind of ridiculous if it wasn't. <laughs> um, and City are the team to do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens and 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 hope that it's a good game at the very least. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's briefly touch on Sunday's fixtures. So we've got the Jets taking on the victory uh, in the early game. Um, yeah. Interesting. Interesting game because I think a win either way is is huge obviously for confidence. The Jets have been the Jets have been better, I think, the last the last few weeks, to to be honest. And I think they're they're showing some signs. I think, you know, the 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 Mo Altay actually move is is one of one of a few that that perhaps has done in recent weeks that have that have kind of uh yeah changed the fortunes a little bit. Uh and for victory, um, you know that they that was by far their best performance um of of the season last week of course um which was the mini that we did last week um their three one win over Wellington and and the random goal from Tommy Urich um who who is still actually a footballer who plays in the A League uh I was reminded of when when I saw that he scored um but yeah it, it's it's a it's a big game this one I um so again you know uh, no sharing talk but um if I can do rugby league for Queensland I, I can I can talk about footy for for Melbourne that shouldn't be an issue not um, even not even in Sharon season well wow. it is a big thing in Sharon Bowl to talk about when teams are due and look at Melbourne Victory's form guide they are due they they're just objectively they're due they're due for a big win they're due for a statement and it's got to come like let's not let's not beat around the bush you know they I actually still have a really talented team on paper right? I, i've got a and i know i don't know and i'm not just saying this because the signings are bad and stuff i i i would not be surprised if they went on a run second half season and clinched fifth or sixth to be brutally honest i i, I could honestly see it and i'm not that's just a just a really semi-hot take maybe um but i i could kind of see it they're, they're not far off um but they obviously do have to bet in these new signings, and it did look a little bit panicky what they were doing, probably transfer wise as well. But I could see them, you know, turning it around and stuff like that. Newcastle as well. I'll just say this: Manabu uh, Saito is uh, expected to make his debut, um, the, the new Japanese um, signing. So that will be interesting to add that uh, into what they're doing. Um, I just, I just want to see more of Reno Piscopo. Um, I, I honestly love that guy. Uh, I think he's, I think he's just a terrific footballer. Unless you had anything else to add, we uh, we probably want to start wrapping this one up and and finish off with Macarthur Wellington. Yeah, um, I think victory due, so I'll just stay on them. Nothing to say on the Jets, um, even having spoken yeah. to Arthur not even seven days ago. But yeah, no, nothing. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, so Macarthur and the Knicks. Um, look, I'll just talk a little bit more from Macarthur's perspective. Like, look, I know, I know, obviously they were, they were playing, you know, the, the best team in the league by far last week, and and you know, a lot of those goals were were kind of champagne football from Melbourne City. What I would say is it's kind of not the start you want under a new regime, um, you know, and they, they really dropped two points against Weston in, in Sajowski's first game. And then to get battered like that is not the kind of confidence building you want uh, in a team um, that's probably been hit confidence-wise by whatever happened there with Dwight York um, as well, uh, particularly if those comments were true about about them being a pub team. Um, I'm sure that does not help a player's confidence. So um, I would be 
I don't know how worried MacArthur's fan base is at the moment, but I'd be a little bit um a little bit concerned with what's going on. Um because they just don't look that whole um honeymoon Australia Cup period which we've spoken about before and even even the start of the season where they looked they looked okay. Um they were getting some nice wins. It just looks like it's completely faded off. Yeah, I I um I kind of want to go on along a similar theme as with victory. I think when you get beaten that poorly, and especially under a new manager, you don't you don't stay that bad. So I'm I'm sort of stuck in two minds about this one. Is it sort of Milo Stajovsky finally gets the boys rolled up and, and they have this sort of redemption mm-hmm. arc going on? Or is it a case of the Phoenix come out with all the hunger and and provide um, some brilliant football again, as we know the Talayera has been notorious for? Again, I think they meet in the middle. I sort of would probably be picking a draw on that alone. But um, yeah, I, I, like MacArthur's whole whole vibe is just they can't get the consistency going and haven't been able to as a franchise forever, really. So mm. yeah, a time like this, they need to get that win and it's a pretty big game for them with that context alone. But I don't think they'll do it. Yeah, and I'll just add one thing on uh, Wellington. Can depending on uh what the what the derby result is and Adelaide United's result, they could move up to third uh with with a win. So um best yeah. ever result. Best ever result in domestic football in New Zealand is obviously third in the league. No mm. no reminders who beat them in the elimination final when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Christian, we're done for the night, aren't we? We are, we are. Um so yeah, that's uh, that's been another mini. Front page football. Make sure to check out the socials uh, on uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Front PG uh, football, Facebook front page football, and we're also on LinkedIn uh, and the website as well. Frontpagefootball.net. Uh, Matt, I'll plug your article here. Had a great uh, had a great uh, article go up earlier this week with his long lost cousin uh, Nick Olson. Um, so you can go check out the uh, the former Brisbane Roar um, uh, player as well. Uh, now playing in Vietnam, a lot of interesting uh, stories coming out of that, um, too. So you can go check out that amongst uh, a few other articles that actually went out this week. Um, also any SA listeners who are, who are tuning in, feel free to check out our, uh, preview of the, of the MPL SA season that went up earlier this week. We had a couple of guests on there. Adelaide city midfielder, Nicholas Bucco, uh, came on as well. Great banter, great banter on that one. So, uh, yeah, you can go check that out too. All right, Matt. That'll do it um, for for the mini. And uh, yeah, you can listen to us um, next week.